Hi, welcome back to Founder Friendly. I'm Skye, and with me is Lily. Hello. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week, talking about our spiked seltzer company uh, to cover the lifespan of a startup. And we realized that last week we never established a name for that company. And so... <laughs> now we have now one. Now we have one. Lily thought of it. It's brilliant. It's Voozy. Awesome. Fantastic. Okay. Um, but yeah, so last time you guys heard from us, we had just decided to bootstrap Voozy um, for our seed slash friends and family round with help from an angel investor. Um, so Voozy is on its way to becoming a legal product with help from Ishana, who yeah. was invited to be our legal counsel. Yeah. So we're establishing ourselves as a real company. Um, right. And we're also growing and expanding rapidly. And we actually have way more orders than we anticipated and we're not able to keep up with them. Exactly. So because of that, we're thinking about raising our Series A round at this point um, so that we have the capital we need to help us grow and scale. Um, but how do we know that this is the right time to start seeking additional funding? So exactly what you said. Um, we need the additional capital in order to scale because right now um, we're seeing significant like traction numbers. So each week we're getting about 14 recurring um, orders, each of them, or the average value of that being around $85. And between myself, Lily, and Ishana, we just can't fulfill all of them. Okay, so we also have to consider our growth potential. Um, considering that we're pulling in 14 orders a week now, but just a month previous, we were only doing seven orders. So we're doubling our sales volume every month. Um, just so y'all know, that's definitely not a standard or it's not set, but for our imaginary, our imaginary company, it's demonstrating to us that there is social proof and a market for this idea. Yep. And we're working on building some new processes that should help us in marketing and experimenting with different strategies, uh, different using different distribution channels such as Drizzly and Taproom, and reducing overhead costs by investing in a partnership with a malt beverage brewer. So we'll need capital to be able to fund all of that. Perfect. So we've got a few good reasons to go to investors. Um, we will also need to build a pitch deck for this. Yep. And lucky for us and lucky for you, our very own Taco has a, a pitch deck like overview on the SVS YouTube channel. So be sure to go check that out. Uh, let's assume that that's also the resource that we use. And you know, from that, we know what we need. Uh, the different components to build a, a strong pitch deck. We do that. Great. Um, so now that we have that, what's our strategy for finding investors? Well, we have that angel investor from our friends and family round who probably knows other people and can refer us to his network. Um, there's a lot of different innovation labs for colleges and universities or even outside of those um, that can connect us to different networks. And there are also VC funds that you can just cold email, um, outreach, and get your name out there, set up a meeting, pitch, and hopefully get some money. <laughs> Great. So we know that we can use this network and these different referral systems, but before we do that, we need to have an idea in mind of how much money we're raising and at what valuation. So this can be a little bit of a complicated process, but let's say that there's like two main ways that we can determine our valuation. Um, an intrinsic method by projecting our current cash flows for the next three to four year, years and making some assumptions um, about the growth that rate that we're gonna see, 
or we can use our NYU access to PitchBook to see what valuation other comparable early stage beverage companies were valued at during their Series A. So let's say we use maybe both of these uh, methods and we come to it, realize that you know our valuation should be about $4 million for our Series A. That sounds like a that sounds like a lot. Um, so knowing that, how much do you think we should raise? So again, this is complicated um, because when you're raising capital or you're seeking outside investment, you're exchanging that equity or cash for shares in your company. Um, so the more we raise, the less ownership we as founders get to keep. Yeah, but that's not to say that you know when we. Um, when we sell shares to investors that we are like giving up our role in the company, we are just selling the right for them to take a proportionate share of profits or um, the value of the company yeah. in the end. Yeah. So upon exit, they can liquidate their position in the company um, and they'll see a return on their investment. Great. So let's say that, you know, I take my lemonade stand accounting skills um, and I project out what I believe the necessary funds for our growth is, plus some money in there to support us while we're having our little startup phase. Um, and we come out to a $1 million number. We need a million dollars to grow um, in the next few years. Another thing we might want to add is that um, there's also the runway that we need to look at. So that's uh, how much money do we need to be able to support ourselves, as Lily said, for the next 12 to 18 months. Exactly. So our pre-money valuation right now is $4 million um, plus the $1 million we hope to raise, and we end up with a $5 million post-money valuation. Um, so that means we're standing to lose 20% of our company to our investors. Um, and again, to clarify, you know, these are pretty arbitrary numbers. Um, they're just easy for our purposes. Exactly. <laughs> it's, they're not uh, correlated to, you know, what traditionally a spiked beverage or an early stage beverage company would raise their Series A at. All yeah. of that is particular to um, growth and you know whatever that particular company has going for it at the yeah. at the time. But these um, are just um, in a traditional price round. These are the things that you need to consider. Convertible notes are a bit different. Yeah, so convertible notes would be um, raising off debt that would then convert into equity once uh, another round. Uh, of funding takes place. Exactly. So a series B or whatever. So let's assume that we get investment from Love the Zuck Capital. So they're going to be our lead investors, which is great. And maybe we have a couple of other minority investors. And now we're stuck in this loop of, you know, fundraising, operating, 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 fundraising, growing and so forth. And that's how we end up raising our series B, C and D. These are all considered growth stage fundraises. Um, which are supposed to help drive our expansion. But as all startups and companies have, there there will be some hurdles along the way, I assume. Yeah. And so, of course, our company has a few examples of that. Um, so, for instance, uh, I, as a co-founder, eventually my lemonade stand accounting skills aren't enough for what we need. So we end up on the border of bankruptcy, or oh. at least we believe so. Okay. <laughs> based how on that go? <laughs> Um, based on how bad my accounting is. Okay, don't, um, don't say that. So we decided to switch out to a another CFO to take care of that. Um, Smart decision. And I just end up taking on a different role at the company. Okay. 
Unfortunately, also throughout our process of expanding, we lose Ishana, who has been our legal counsel up until then, because she's gone back to school to get her JD, which is great for her, Ishana. <laughs> Um, and along the way, we also inspired a number of different competitors. Um, now we have to fend off these little guys who are basically operating off the same value proposition mm -hmm. as we are. And infringing on our market share. Exactly. So why can't we just, you know, do what they do or offer the products that they offer to maintain our market share? Well, it'll cost us a lot to branch out into those new products. Um, and really ramp up to accommodate that level of competition. Uh, one route we can take is acquiring a few of those competitors that are really high performing and becoming a bigger company, taking on that their market share that they may have gained from us. But that is an expensive route to consider. Yeah, so that's a few of you know the problems that may come up in our startup's lifespan. Um, what does the end of our startup look like? Well, a startup never really ends, it just Unless it goes out of business, but okay. you know, what are the exit strategies okay. that might come up? So again, maybe we don't consider ourselves a startup anymore. Maybe we're more mature. Depends. Um, but I guess one of the exit strategies that we may consider is an acquisition. Um, so that happens often in the startup world. So that means a larger buyer comes in, gives us an offer to purchase, you know, all of our shares that we can't refuse. Um, and just acquires our company and just rolls it up into theirs. Yep, and then another option is the IPO. That stands for Initial Public Offering. Um, that's when we list our shares on a stock exchange for the public to buy and trade. Um, and as of late, there have also been a lot of IPOs through SPACs as well. And those, what are those? <laughs> those are uh, special purpose acquisition companies that look for companies to acquire and then take public. Okay, great. And what about, what if we want to consider just staying private? Why don't more, start, more startups do that? Well, a lot of startups do remain private, even as they mature. Um, there's a lot of different motivations behind IPOing and being acquired. Um, for IPOs in particular, sometimes you need to raise additional funding or it's because investors or founders want to increase liquidity for their shares. Mm -hmm. um, and investors typically do have the expectation of generating a return on their investment. So there's more liquidity in public markets than private markets. Okay, um, awesome. Yeah. So what do you think we should do, right? Because we have so many different exit strategies available, but we have to think of what's optimal for us as Vuzi, the Spike <laughs> Seltzer company. So lucky for us, the food and beverage space is filled with M&A, that is mergers and acquisitions activity, which suggests that having the strong traction and the really um, hitting our key performance indicators every single period. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a really good sign that we will be acquired by a big beverages brand. Um, and that will, you know, just help the Vuzi brand spread even further and gain more customers. Awesome. So that sounds fantastic. Sounds like a happy ending. Yeah. And now that we are um, exited, uh, entrepreneurs, um, you know, we get to put that on our resume. Yeah, and and what might uh, post exit uh, life lead us to or bring us? I don't know how you might ask that. <laughs> what will we do after we exit and and we're exited founders? Yeah, so a lot of startup entrepreneurs become serial founders, which is really cool, um, and they might end up on the other side of the capital too, as 
angel investors um, at VC firms or maybe working at accelerators, incubators and sharing that knowledge. So we can really help other, you know, beverages, brands, whatever, um, or just go in a completely different direction yeah. and do whatever we want. Awesome. Why that not? sounds great. Well, thank you, Lily. Um, this has been our second sprint about the lifespan of a startup from idea to exit. Thank you for tuning in to Founder Friendly. As always, you can reach out to us on founderfriendlysbs at gmail.com with any questions or recommendations for future episodes or things that you want us to cover. So thank you for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week.